CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. TikTok's sped-up song obsession. And the Grammy nominations are out. You're listening to The Biz Tape. Welcome to The Biz Tape, your all things music business and media podcast. I'm your host, Colin McKay. With my lovely host, Coast to Coast, Joseph Wazaleski. Hello. <laughs> I was like, okay, I, all right. But screw <laughs> me that, then. We're on um, that CNN delay, Colin. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, yeah. Where they're like talking to their correspondent. And they're like, how is it out there, Mike? And he's in like a windstorm. And it's just like. <laughs> well, uh, Colin, I'm doing great. I'm uh, just out here in the coast of uh, Miami. Um, and we're in the middle of a windstorm right now and I got, and I got it. And then they're trying to interrupt him at the same time. And they're just like, Hey, um, Mike, uh, <laughs> and like, is it, yeah, is it so wet out rain out here? And, Mike, uh, and, Mike, uh, is, is it, is it wet out there? Is it, how, how are we feeling? Oh, is it, is it, is, is it, it wet? wet? Yeah. Call it, yeah. You could open your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you can see that I'm currently drenched. And then they always have to be like, well, I'm not an asshole. So, hey, are you like safe as a person? Um, clearly not. I'm in the middle of a hurricane. <laughs> it is uh, not safe at all. Yeah, that's, that's it's actually like, the pivot from the music industry. You go right into tornado chasing or like storm things. I mean, that's or basically actually, what. You know what the real one is? And you're, okay, let's hear it. It's going into real estate. <laughs> Oh my God! It is <laughs> no. You are right. It's yeah. going into real estate, 
everybody because they're all like, well, I'm a salesman. I can, and people make money in real estate. And I'm like, that's not how that works, but okay. People do um, make money in real estate sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, people also make money from knowing how to program. Why don't you get a programming degree? Anyway, um, welcome to the show. Um, get a programming degree. Uh, but we are here. We are rocking out with some of the new tunes that are coming out. Joe's just, Joe and I are going to talk about Grammys later as a preview of what just got announced. But first, we got to talk about something that's coming at you at lightning speed, which is all of these remixes for TikTok oh, yeah. that are everywhere. Um, like the chipmunk sp- version. Specifically, yeah. Oh my God, dude. Literally, <laughs> who could have guessed the chipmunks have come back? back they are back. And they're baby. bigger than ever. Unironically, I'm sure because of how many TikTok like sped up versions are going really big, if there's somebody being like, get David Cross on the phone. Mm-hmm. We need him to be the manager in the Chipmunks movie again. Get him on the phone. Yep. You know, like literally, because I'm sure they would do really well right now. So if you haven't caught on, TikTok has had a, an explosion lately in sped up songs, which I was reading in an article via billboard, which all of our uh, sources are below wherever you're listening to on, if you want to read it, but uh, they did a really good job at like analyzing TikTok's obsession with like altering existing music and talking about kind of like the history of different versions of songs. And so if you don't know what I'm talking about, what, what, what I mean by speeding up is literally where you take a song and you usually pitch it up and also up the tempo of the song. And TikTok has been obsessed with doing this with a lot of popular or really what I should say, like music that was popular and just speeding it up and using it for trends. And I'll take you kind of on a journey of like how big of a deal this is. So one of the big ones that you guys may know is Thundercats Them Changes, even though you might not know that you know what it is. It's the uh, song that goes, nobody move, there's blood on the floor. Um, me and Joe actually have a fun story with this because I remember when Joe was back at the old radio station in college days in like 2017 and we, they got this album sent to them directly because Thundercat at that point as a solo artist was not really big in any capacity. Um, he tours now with like red hot chili peppers and the strokes and stuff and like is very well regarded critically, but he was still very new at the time. And he had his newest album at that time in 2017 was drunk, which is where the song is from them changes. And like, I was so hyped. I remember, and Joe remembers this too, is like, I was so hyped for this record. I'm a bass player myself and a music nerd and it didn't really like bust up the charts. It did really well for a while. And then it kind of just went away but it's very critically acclaimed Mm -hmm. and recently that song has kind of you know blossomed to the forefront again and has busted up to the charts due to you can guess it a sped up version of the song which has been going through tiktok and the internet and whatever we're calling reels now (laughs) and so um the song like to give you a reference of like how sped up it is if you haven't heard the original because i know a lot of people have heard the new sped up version but just to give you like a numbers basis of it um the original song was kind of a slow i like romp basically around like 82 bpm so beats per minute and now the new sped up version of the song which was created by a tiktok user it blazes up to 114 bpm which is you know almost uh, half as you know fast if that makes sense like it's almost uh you know you're looking at a 50 percent increase which is pretty 
pretty big. Yeah. And um, it's like a different it, song at that point. <laughs> Sort of. and, and that's something we can get into, yeah, of maybe why they succeed a little bit differently. And like Thundercats label Ninja Tune reported streams were coming in at double the rate because of the sped up version. And due to the popular demand, they made a sped up version of the song and they were working on to continue marketing it. And with that kind of uh, user generated content spurring it and also their kind of additional marketing thundercat actually ended up cracking the hot rmb chart which he has never done before wow and this is on a sped up version of his song and it's not the original it's not even you know and some people would say like you're saying it's not even close to the original um mm-hmm. in some ways it's because it's so much faster and like a lot of people and labels are kind of it's kind of a gold rush right now or like scrambling to try to capitalize on this um so the head of a and r global strategy numa nasari put it eloquently that quote instead of you know spending fifty thousand for a remix from a notable dj you're spending relatively minimal amounts on a sped up version and getting a way bigger return just because you don't have to invest as much on like you know the previous big kind of let's say rush in different versions of songs were these dj remixes that really came up when remember that (laughs) yeah every three seconds exactly dude every time and it 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 was almost like you know they're paying fifty thousand dollars for the remix and some people you know would remix it and it would be like a very transformative experience and then some people it felt like you're paying fifty thousand (laughs) dollars just to have their name on it it's transformative experience sounds like they're like being enlightened or like they've just took they just took a whole bag of shrooms and now they're just um <laughs> listening I've, to the I would argue there's some people of... out there that are probably like yeah there are probably <laughs> some people out there that are like dude this Steve Aoki version enlightened me today this is my third enlightenment there, you know we what I know mean I am in Nirvana like for sure <laughs> Hey, you're right. You're right. Like, why am I? That that <laughs> why am I acting? Not to be like you can't have a you know almost spiritual experience with music, but it's just more of like yeah. I mean, in some aspects, there was a lot of inflation going on with that price, mm-hmm. and now they just have to. Some of them were saying it's just like hire an engineer to speed it up, and you you know it's not just as straightforward as hitting the two times button sometimes. So you have somebody do that and just have a production person do it and you don't have to pay for all the name branding and you save so much money on it. And like many people uh, like have kind of echoed that it's a huge deal in terms of versions because it usually these different versions um, do spring up like streams of the spe- of the new version, right? Like let's say a DJ version back in the day or like if you go way back in the day, like the eight, you know, eight and a half inch uh, disco version right in the seventies. And then that would maybe spur some crosstalk to the old version, but this new trend of the sped up version and having the old version around seemed to be a little bit more lucrative for people. It seems to be that people will go out and find the old version almost, you know, before you were trying to just get somebody to stream one song. And now it's like, you got a double feature. They'll go find the uh, sped up version that they found on TikTok, And then they'll go, what's the original version sound like? Mm -hmm. And then you'll get even more money that way, which is kind of interesting compared to other different versions of songs that have existed in the past. And like quick to point out, and I will be one of the first people to tell you this. This is not a new development in the online music space. Um, if you're not aware, I mean, Joe knows that I have gone through the 
annals of YouTube and have dug deep for the weirdest version of music I can find. Mm -hmm. And YouTube specifically in the last, you know, almost since its inception has kind of been the big proponent of of like these weirder versions. Yes. Like sped up and then the other one is slowed or reverbed or my favorite, which is called chopped and screwed. Um, But... (laughs) Anyway, is, I don't want to get wait, into that. No, you can't. You can't just. You can't push past that. What is that? What is chopped? Have you and never screwed? heard a chopped and screwed remix before? No. Um. So, like, I want to give you like a technical definition. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> chopped and screwed is a music genre and technique of remixing music that involves slowing down the tempo and DJing. And it was developed. It, oh, I didn't know that. It was developed in the Houston, Houston hip hop scene in the early 1990s by DJ Screw. That's even the best thing I've ever wow. heard. But I'm used to listening to a lot of like chopped and screwed versions of like 2000s, like hip hop is what I'm used to listening to. Nice. Um, it it's kind of in that wave and i was a big like vaporwave person for a while so it's kind of in that realm as well um but yeah for some weird reason on this show colin can never escape talking about nightcore and actually <laughs> it's pretty pretty relevant in this conversation so if you're a newer ver- listener of the show uh nightcore is actually a genre that also has existed for a significant period of time that centers around speeding up and pitching up ex- existing songs as joe and i have very big familiarity with because mm-hmm. i remember when we were in college one of our friends was a really big fan of uh every time we touch nightcore we <laughs> <laughs> play that all the time um but just casually you know we're going to the mall every time we touch okay all right let's we got anything else i guess we're listening what macklemore okay just leave everything we touch on anyway like the point is is that like we're this is not a new development but it seems that tiktok has really like spurred this phenomenon and some people were trying to explain it, and I thought this uh, person, Steve Pardo, who is the digital marketing director at Secretly Group, he provides a pretty good hypothesis, maybe why it's coming up in a more mainstream format, is that, quote, in a video platform that prioritizes catching attention immediately, being able to get impact on the lyrics more quickly is advantageous, which we have talked about with TikTok a lot. It is very much about that first almost frame and second, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And when you have content that is at one point was very much only 60 seconds, it's like you have to prioritize the beginning of your video because that stops people from scrolling, but also it's just a bigger percentage of your content, right? It's one sixtieth of your content, right? Mm-hmm. If I said like, or if you, you know, really when TikTok first started, it was just only the 15 second stuff. I mean, one fifteenth. If I said like, Hey guys, I'm making a movie or something. And the first beginning of it I know is bad. And also it's one fifteenth of it is bad. They'd be like, what the hell is wrong with you? No, you got to fix that. And that's maybe what people are trying to prioritize on here when it comes to uh, music, because like, again, I like, I have to hit this as labels and artists are uh, being like very uh, happy to try to capitalize on this. And there's a lot of TikTok accounts that specialize this, that have sanctions from giant companies such as Warner and universal to make versions of it. Um, One of the things that I think is interesting is Interscope claims that they just released the first quotes 
a sped up album, which I would say, no, you didn't. The Chipmunks did in 1950. You're damn right, Colin. Uh, you're damn right. <laughs> Don't take that away from them all right uh but no it, they claim it's the fir- they have the first sped up album i guess in this context with uh summer walker's last day of summer which was originally uh released in 2018 and i actually listened to it a little bit for before the show and it's weird because it's almost like 10 years ago you would have been like what is this chipmunk version of the song and now it's weird to be like this chipmunk version is very tasteful um <laughs> you know like it's artistic uh it but is art. like it, Colin, it, the chipmunks are high art. It is true. You know? um, I got to find the cursed chipmunks somehow in this conversation while we're talking, and then we can go back to that. You know, but, there's um, Banksy, and then there's the chipmunks. Okay, that's true. They're in the same um, same arena. I don't know. Maybe people don't know this, but the chipmunks originally were are three regular baritone tenor singers. And they just sped them up, and that's all it was. And they did it through a record player because a record player, if you've never really messed around with one, if you mess with the playing speed of it, it actually speeds up the pitch. So that's where the chipmunks come from is they were like, well, we have these really great guy singers, but they're really low, and they just sound like a bunch of guys singing Christmas songs. So why don't we just pitch them right all the way up here? You know, like that's kind of the idea of – what the chipmunks capitalized on. I will say people are capitalizing on this. Um, especially it seems to be with older music, which it's funny. We've had this whole conversation before in a previous episode about what catalog music is, but what they're, a lot of them are saying, Oh, we want to market our catalog songs this way with the sped up version. And the, that means older than 18 months. Mm -hmm. So, Thundercat is a great example of that. The song came out in 2017. This uh, Last Day of Summer by Summer Walker came out in 2018. These are all really good examples of like newer catalog stuff. I think the idea is they don't want it competing against the main release at the same time. Um, unless it gets traction through user-generated content, like somebody makes their own thing, then maybe they'll consider it. But also, I have to go on the flip side of this. There are some people that are a little hesitant about doing it and don't seem very keen many labels and artists have been resisting the trend uh you know because of just artistic intention and you know how they want to view themselves and everything but it seems mostly from what i've been reading there a lot of labels are just biting the bullet on it because of Mm the uh cost to performance ratio basically and a lot of them are even actively, like I said, working with uh, different users to generate this content. I mean, one of the examples in this article is talking about that they were marketing current songs and what they would do is they go to these uh, channels that would uh, be like known for speeding up and putting out remixes and they say, here's like $100. Can you like speed up and remix our song? <laughs> and they'd be like, sure. And that's so much cheaper than doing a DJ version. And um, like it, it just doesn't lie. I mean, like uh, it, it, the streams are going up for a lot of different people. And uh, I asked y'all in a poll cause you know, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of polarizing, but we can get into it, Joe. And I'll ask you this too. Are you a fan of TikTok's obsession with speeding up songs? Like, do you condone this? <laughs> I, what do no, you feel Colin, about it? I strictly listen to sped up songs. I never listen to the original. This is my 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 uh, listening diet of just tossing myself into TikTok 
for the same 10 songs with chipmunk <laughs> voices. But um, I mean, no, it, I'm not a fan of it. I think it's, I don't know. I'm a bit of a boomer. Like, I feel like it's obnoxious mostly. Now that is one of our fans did bring up that we may have some bias in our reporting just because we have people that are around our age a lot in the vote. But this is a very well voted yeah, on poll, I, mean, I will say. Like, and sped up music is not only like our age group. Like, I mean, when we were younger, there were people our age doing the same thing, like on YouTube, like you said. Like it's it's yeah. not it's really not that much different from like when we were younger. And that's I, what I would kind of argue too. And like, it, it's weird. I mean, also the other thing is, is that again, you have to know bias and polling. Always think about that is that, uh, you know, we, we have a lot of music fans that listen to our show. So maybe the artistic integrity of how it's released is very highly valued to yeah. some people and you know, how they release their product to the audience is something that is fairly high re- highly regarded to mm-hmm. artists so yeah you know, i would it, uh, it is, i would agree with that 100 percent. i mean yeah we're we want to listen to the actual song whereas a lot of the times these uh these audios or whatever that are being created is basically to go along with some sort of trend right which is like you know if you're going along with the trend like you're just going to use the same audio that everybody else is using. So there's something to like, there's more energy and maybe a, a not so high energy song that you can bring by speeding it up. Um, but there's definitely, you know, I definitely miss the regular version whenever I'm listening to like a sped up song. I'm like, oh, man, I wish but I could do just you listen think, to the real song. Well, I guess here's my question. Um, do you have moments uh, I, I, and I've had moments, well, not as many, because a lot of them, like they said, like one of the main hypotheses for songs that work for this that I was reading in the article was they were saying that it's got to be kind of familiar. Like it's got to be a song that had some relevance to work sped up first like it's got to have a familiarity with the audience is one of the uh, uh labels kind of hypothesis that they had in the article and so it's interesting to me do you encounter sped up songs that you like really don't know i mean most of mine are like thundercat or like a nelly Furtada song or something like that where it's like oh yeah i remember this like 15 years ago you know um do you like and i guess with that message of like do you encounter songs that are you know, new to you that are then sped up and that's the first time you see it. Um, do you actually have that feeling of, I want to hear the non sped up? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would say so. I mean, well, so you're immediately like, this is in- intriguing to me. It's kind of sped up. Yeah, I need to go see the original. I mean, I guess it depends on the context. Uh, like I, I think it, and it also depends on the track. I, I, I would say I, tend to lean more towards original but like yeah of course like sampling and stuff like that if it's like in the context of the track and it's like well produced um i generally i'm okay with it pretty much it's an element like not the when it's like the whole song (laughs) that's where for me and like it's there's no changes it's the whole song and you're just riding through that three minute song that's now a one minute song (laughs) That's where for it me. It is very interesting to me to hear that, like because I, I I do feel that 
because there have been a lot of critiques of this TikTok industry that we're in now, that there's a huge emphasis. And here's one thing we can get into. Is it a little weird to you, especially since you were in, you know, working with radio for a while so closely, how similar TikTok has caused radio-esque things to occur? Because here's my, here's my hypothesis to it. The radio has the power of having one of the most, um, you know, prolific versions of songs to exist. The radio edit, right? That was the bread and butter different version you needed for a song a lot of the time because that's what mattered because there was only so much time in a day and if a song's too long, people aren't going to care. And it feels eerily similar, doesn't it? Where it's like people are saying, hey, this song, you know, is great, but maybe it doesn't fit you know, timing wise, it doesn't catch your attention as fast. Why don't we speed it up? Which is actually a conversation that they would have back in the day too. There was a number of songs, notably back in the day that they would speed up just a little bit on the mastering and the mixing side to make it a little bit up my, you know, this isn't my tempo whiplash, but like, you know, literally because they were like, we don't think this is going to succeed at this BPM. And it, to me, it's weird because it reminds me of like a, a crashing of worlds where it feels like radio's on the way out. Radio's dying, but it feels eerily similar <laughs> to that mindset where yeah. it's like, well, it, it I mean, TikTok is radio. It's like modern radio because we're all listening to the same tracks we're all being exposed to a lot of the grand popular things that before people were not as exposed to because we are also segmented. And, you know, arguably like TikTok does still create some segmentation and fragmentation within like yeah. content. But I, I really do think like when it comes to the grand thing of like the audios that are being used, I actually think like it's much more streamlined to the general public than any other platform before it so it's 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 like one of those things it's like it's wild like we we all especially in america i feel like are exposed to i think our for you pages are very similar than people may think they are um and for the masses kind of really a lot of the time for sure and yeah it's it's something that has caused a huge shift within the marketing of songs, but also with audiences as well. I mean, like, Colin, you probably saw all the Steve Lacey stuff, right? Where it was like, yeah. where he, you know, he basically hates his fans. <laughs> and he just sits on stage and he just roasts them. <laughs> and it's oh really my God. funny. Yeah, I and you're talking about... It's we so were talking funny. about Steve Lacey, who you probably know from the song Bad Habits, which blew up on TikTok. And then... He has this very vocal fan base that really likes this song and basically just is like, hey, where the fuck is this song? You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing doing anything else? Um, yeah. And so, he just feels strangleholded by it. Yeah. And like a lot of audiences, too, are are new to music. And so it's like they're getting like music is cool again. Right. But it's like it comes at a cost, you know, like where you're you're dealing with the general public and a, and a lot of these people that are blowing up are like indie acts um like you know like steve lacy and like wet wet lag and 
uh, a bunch of people, you know, that like, right. Wouldn't and we, we kind of talked about that. Yeah. They would not have been as big with like previous media in my opinion. So it's, it's well, yeah. Cause the gatekeeping has just been wide open even more than it has before. Now it seems to me that it's like you can get a shot in the dark now a lot easier but the maintenance is the hard part because, again, your career is a marathon. It isn't a sprint. Yeah. So, well, you know, and, and that's something that, you know, when it comes to speeding up the songs, a lot of artist teams are running into the issue of they don't have sped up songs, but people are already speeding them up like fans. And those get posted as audio, but they're not collecting royalties off of that song. And they're they're not yeah able they to have take to go the, the aspect down. of yeah well and then they can over with publishing but it is a process you know yeah it's a huge and process like, and it takes months and so it's like yeah it's something that like you want to get ahead of as an artist especially a pop artist um, well I mean if you if you have the team you could probably get it you know pretty fast but it's like you know I, all of this mm, is peak right I you could get it I would say. Uh, knowing, knowing a certain team that I'm thinking of, uh, they had the infrastructure and they can't get it off. (laughs) Really? Okay. Well, maybe, maybe there's some people having difficulty with that. The reason is because there's so many like audio like issues. Oh, so it's just the copying over and over and then that's a new sound. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can see that. that. Whereas before you funnel it more into one cohesive thing of like you're you're in with the fans essentially right instead of just like takedowns and stuff like that and so well, it's interesting too because we talked about user-generated content so I, I could see that seem almost predatory to people to be like well these guys are just trying to get you out there even more they just made this little fun thing why are you taking this down you know mm-hmm. what i mean um and especially since we talked about that whole TikTok report, I believe three episodes ago now, like where user generated content was the primary way to get big on TikTok. You know, um, it is kind of insane to think like if there, I think there is a place where if it, depending on your fan base, you could go and be like, Hey guys, we made this original like sped up version and a bunch of people would go, no, you didn't. This guy did. Fuck you. We're going to listen to that version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, even if you were like, it supports me, you know what I mean? And they'd be like, yeah, but like you're taking this guy down. I, that's the interesting part of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, you know, TikTok, especially compared to like a YouTube is still rapidly growing and has a lot of growing pains, especially on the content side and licensing. Um, so that maybe that's the case, like your group that you're thinking of. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, it is interesting. I, I, again, if I ask, are you a fan of TikTok's obsession with speeding up songs? Which I ask a question every Monday. Um, and 21% of you said yes, and 79% of you said no. So clearly, we're not a big fan, but the numbers don't lie. So I think, you know, part of me is like, this is exposing people it, in radio you didn't have enough um, time. You had a, like, you know, certain amount in the day, you need to get this, you need to get this out, you need to do this, you didn't have enough time. Now with TikTok, it seems like it's the infinite problem where, 
like the internet, because you have infinite demand, you have an infinity, infinity amount of content, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have a lot of time to browse it, but it, it, it's kind of the opposite where now you have to stick out in a weed of it as opposed to uh, pick the right things to stand out at that time. And so it is eerily similar. And I do love your metaphor where you're like, it is radio now. It is radio. That's what it is um, in a lot of ways. And there is weird similarities, but at the same time, it's its own beast, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, I think especially with everything, like, you know, the pitch going up, I think is a very interesting angle to look at tool too, right? We have technology now where it used to be a, um, concern because we just didn't have, we, we would have various, various speed playback, which literally, like I said, you variable the speed of a record and it sounds higher pitched. Now we have technology that allows you to very easily increase the speed of a song without changing the pitch. Mm -hmm. And what I think's interesting about that from a marketing perspective is I think it's required for this ecosystem to work. Because I think for a lot of people, it stops, it, it makes you think this is sped up as opposed to if you just sped up the song without changing the pitch. If you've never heard of that song before, you would be like, oh, this is just the song. And then you'd be like, no, it's not. And that would confuse consumers. And since we have that association with pitch going up, I think that's what's required to differentiate the two mixes. And I think it's interesting from that front to watch that kind of battle each other. Mm. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll have to see kind of where this goes. Um, I thought specifically for you, Joe, somebody put in there and I know that you're a big Simon and Garfunkel fan and, um, Somebody put, and I just wanted your reaction to this. They go, they, I, they said, um, I wondered what bridge over troubled water would sound like sped up. Maybe we'll find out. Are you excited to find out? I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually I'm like so... shaking in my seat right now. <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to put it on my headphones right now. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. 
Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Why I queue up Bridge Over Troubled Water, Simon and Garfunkel Double Speed. Joe, tell me about the Grammys. What caught your eye? We're kind of looking at this at a broad strokes yes. kind of thing. Yeah, so I mean the Grammy nominations list just dropped um today basically so it's uh it's all very very new um but yeah we just uh we're gonna go through kind of some of the bigger um 
kind of fields of uh, each award and kind of just discuss what we think about like who's chosen, whether we think what we think about who's chosen, whether we think um, there's going to be like who who we're who we're gonna ultimately think is gonna take home the gold, you know? So Yeah, and we're looking at broad strokes. We might you know, me and Joe have to talk about it, but I think we probably might do our uh, good old overview like we did last year. Um, so this mm-hmm. is just kind of like off the cuff. I haven't even looked at this yet, really. Yeah. I really have not. So I'm interested well, to see. I'm, I'm interested to see how TikTok has impacted the Grammys. Because, I, I mean, it's obviously it's impacted in years past, but I think now it's even more of a mainstream tool um, to where I, I honestly think if you don't have a TikTok hit, you're going to have a harder time getting on the Grammys, basically. But um, yeah, so yeah, I guess let's jump into it. So general field and number one record of the year. So there's a lot on here. Um, one I did not think I was gonna see <laughs> this this uh, this year was uh, "Don't Shut Me Down," ABBA. Uh, they not, love ABBA with the Grammys, they do. and we they said this when we did this last ABBA year, or something, or especially now. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I know people love ABBA in general, but like, I don't know. It's it's the ABBA cult. Modern well. ABBA, you know, like this. Yeah, kind of that's question. kind of where I'm at. Like modern ABBA, is it? it doesn't. It's hold not that. bad. I mean, they sound great in their age. It's just like it's very off. Like if I if I went up to people and I said, "Who do you think is going to be in the Grammys of this year?" I don't think people would be like modern ABBA, mm-hmm. and he'd be like, uh, "Okay." Um, but yeah, I'm looking at this and again, we're looking at broad stroke stuff. Um, Mary J. Blige is in here, which is good to see, especially after her Super Bowl performance. Uh, and she's kind of come back into the fold a lot. Uh, another Grammy mainstay, Brandy Carlisle, uh, is in here. You, me, you and me on the rock. Mm-hmm. Um, always also another Grammy favorite, um, that I sometimes have my disagreements with. Um, Beyonce's on here. Adele's on here. Uh, for uh, this, uh, the songs are interesting too because, yeah, Doja Cat, these are a lot of the mainstays that we've seen before. Um, like, but some of the songs are really interesting what they've picked here. Um, like Adele's is very interesting because it's easy on me and listening to that whole record. That song is honestly one of my least favorite on that entire record, so I'm very shocked that that's up there. Yeah. Um, I mean, too, like then, jumping into the TikTok stuff, I mean, Woman, Doja Cat. Bad Habit, Steve yep. Lacey, um, Huge About Damn Time, Lizzo, Huge hit. As It Was, yeah. Harry At- Styles. You know, like all of all these, these are like huge on TikTok. So there's and then a we lot have of Kendrick Lamar, yeah, who's on here, who's also a very favored Grammy star. Mm-hmm. Grammys love Kendrick Lamar, Which so might, this is a very complicated yeah, field. He might actually take it home because like Kendrick Lamar releases are very few in between. And I do think they're special every time one comes out. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of a crazy. It could honestly, it's kind of a toss up in this category. In this opening up the category to, and we talked about this last year when we did our Grammys roundup. Which, if you're interested, you can go find those back. Um, but we did all the general field categories, and in that year, they opened up the category to have. Uh, let's let me count right: one, two, three, four, five, six. Um, seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, yeah, ten. And they, it's it's a lot more competitive than it was before. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. Okay, 
That's that's very interesting. So moving on, album of the year. There's ABBA again. Again with um, Voyage. Yeah. Then we have Adele 30, which I kind of expected to be in there. We have Bad Bunny, which would be very interesting. Um, like in terms of especially equity inclusion for the Grammys, I would love to see a Latin artist have, especially the Latin scene, be re- more represented in some of these major categories. So I'm glad to see him here. Uh, Beyonce's Renaissance is on here. Mary J. Blige is on here. Uh, Brandy Carlisle. Uh, here's another one that can never oh, escape. God. <laughs> who can never escape the Grammys? And me and Joe, even though Joe is a fan, I can never know, understand. I, shamefully, I am a fan. Uh, but let me tell you, when I was I was in Target, you know, as uh, like just a basic white person is. <laughs> Um, I was, I, I was we eternally are. <laughs> I was listening to what they were playing, and uh, it was one of the worst Coldplay songs I've ever heard in my entire life. It was so bad, Colin. It made me ashamed. <laughs> it made me so bad. It made me so ashamed. I drove home thinking about it, and then I I got home. Did you and smash I the to Coldplay my mug? And I said, <laughs> I said, you know, I heard the worst Coldplay song. <laughs> And it makes me. Did you so smash sad. the Coldplay mug? I did. I did. Oh it's my no god! Yeah, Joe. Joe always had a Coldplay mug when we lived together, and I always gave him shit for it. And now he's just gonna throw it out a wall. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're always on here. They're on here for music of the spheres. They're always like, here's one thing I've noticed because I've been watching the Grammys like for a couple of years now. Coldplay's always on a category, and then it's like never. Like they're like in one big category or maybe two, and then they're just like gone from the rest of the thing. Like it's very strange. Usually there's a lot of momentum from whatever bottom category you're in to the top, and then Coldplay would just be like, no, nah, we're here. We're chilling. Um, yeah, Kendrick Lamar, Lizzo, and then Harry Styles. Um, again, also big TikTok presence, all of these albums. Um Let's go to song of the year again. Song of the year, which I always have to remind about people, is about the songwriting. Yeah. So like that's it's how you have to the evaluate these. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so oh like for instance, boy. Our I, favorite. I don't, Our don't favorite. even <laughs> say it. Don't even say it. So here we go. <laughs> and this is a very controversial pick. Is the song that a lot of people think ruined a lot of TikTok cultural cultural music stuff which is abcdefu um which interesting it's in the song category i honestly the man was too stunned to speak i mean (laughs) it's kind of iconic how first it's the first option in song of the year because it's by alphabet and abc is kind of hard to beat alphabetically but also like but if I we're gotta just give talking it to about him. the if we're talking about the songwriting, <laughs> which is, I gotta give it to him. I gotta get this song started an entire trend of copycats. That's did. how prolific this song was. It did. So I can't but say also that it's clown not on the songwriting itself. In, because insanely. they say it's a nursery rhyme. <laughs> yeah, they call it nursery rhyme music, which. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think it's necessarily that fair, but it's a very controversial pick for this category. Um, especially not to be in the other ones, specifically because it's under the songwriter award. I think a lot of people are going to take umbrage for. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we're seeing a lot of the same things. We're seeing about damn time, Lizzo, a, a one that 
is a pretty hard contender to beat is all too well the 10-minute version that Taylor Swift made Mm -hmm. on her re-release of her album Red, and that's going to be a very difficult category. (laughs) He's going back. He's going back in the Um, bunker. Yeah, then we're seeing As It Was, Harry Styles, again, Bad Habit with Steve Lacey, Break My Soul, Beyonce, Easy On Me, Adele. Um Oh my God, God did. Yeah, I knew, I forgot about this yeah. song. This is a, yeah, yeah, with uh, Sean, our boy Sean Carter mm-hmm. uh, and everybody. No, there's like a bunch of people on this. Like it's a DJ Khaled song with like Rick yeah, Ross, Lil Wayne, all those like, people. Can we just act like we didn't see that song? <laughs> I kind of would. I honestly, this will be a, a, a topic for our winter picks, but I wonder if I'd take that song over ABCDFU. Um, oh, I, anyway, I mean, this is a controversial. We'll have yeah, to. Talk, I, mean, I have to listen to both of them back to back I mean, and be like, Wayne, which one do Jay-Z, I do? You know, it's true. On it, um, so then we have true. again, uh, same old, same old. Uh, we have Kendrick Lamar, and then uh, Bonnie Raitt. Bonnie Raitt's also won the Grammys, like to throw in with just like that, and uh, notably out of the entire category, Bonnie Raitt has the only song written by one songwriter. Um, but also notably other than God did, this is actually now that I'm looking at it, Joe, a very lean number of songwriters for all the songwriting category. Yeah. Usually it's like insane. Yeah. And I'm seeing three to five and then a couple, two songwriters for these songs. Um, and it, it, it's honestly a big oddity. So that's really interesting as a trend. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of best new artists. I'm not going to lie to you. Some of these I haven't heard. I'll just talk about the ones I have. Um, Dami and JD Beck is probably my favorite from this list. I don't know if you know who that is, Joe. Yeah, they're but, the uh, drummer and key, keys. Yeah, they're yeah. basically like jazz uh, virtuoso um, yeah, kids. They're very young. on I, the internet are obsessed with them. Um, they are very young. I mean, they're they're definitely prodigies in their their uh abilities and stuff but i don't know like they haven't had like any kind of chart topper or like any, any and that's of kind song. of the thing with this it says and if we and me and joe if you guys wa- listen to our episode when we're going to go through a lot of this stuff it's like um achieved a breakthrough into public consciousness is one that is a very difficult um descriptor of this category mm-hmm. and i don't know if i would describe them as that they're still very niche um uh manskin is in here which is very interesting to me um you most people would know them if you watch uh if you know about the competition show eurovision um they were on that and i think believe one but their big thing was uh you know on tiktok i'm begging you know which is a cover of a frankie begging, valley song which yeah you it's a cover of Frankie Valley song. People forget that a lot. And uh I I and I that's a very interesting one in there. Um Lado, I like a lot of their music. I can't really give a lot about it. I've only listened to some of it, but everything of, of it I've liked. And then uh the only other one I know about this is I know one name that I know you know, but you could probably talk more about. Toby uh, but I know what no, actually, I wasn't going to say that, but uh, I was going to say uh, before I go in, into what I think you would know is a uh, wet leg is on here too, yeah. which was, which is honestly a pretty interesting one to put on here too because they do fit into going into the public consciousness. They are one of the more notable 
rock groups mm-hmm. and like indie rock groups that I've seen emerge in the last year. So yeah. I, I think they have a pretty good shot. I think they do too. too. I, um, who do I, you know? I think it's Joe surprising Molly Tuttle's on here. I'm not going to lie. I was going to say, I was like, I knew you know more about Molly Tuttle than I do. And yeah. I was like, I've heard of them in passing, but yeah, I mean, Molly is an amazing musician. I think it is just interesting though, because I, I, I would not consider, you know, if we're putting wet leg up next to Molly Tuttle, like I, it's, like it's obvious wet leg has broken into the conscious more right like it's i i don't know but to an extent molly has the same kind of vibe that uh dami and jd beck do which is you know it's really the instrumentation it's the talent of it that's very captivating especially with online audiences and like I honestly think like some of Molly's like live stuff is viewed more than her actual recorded songs um, in a lot Fair. of cases. Um, also, did you, you said, did you say Omar Apollo? Um, he's on. I did not. Well. Yeah. Tell me about them. Uh, Omar Apollo is amazing. I saw him at exit in, which, Oh God, if you're listening and you're from Nashville, I hate to break it to you, but exit in is closing <laughs> down. Um, little moment of silence there. Okay, and we're back. <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw Omar Apollo at Exit In, actually. Um, what's funny enough, he was playing Exit In. It's a 300 to... F- no, it's like a 500 cap venue, but it's like... Yeah, it's like a 500 It's cap. pretty small, right? Like, it's it's one of the smaller 500 caps. And uh, he came with a full bus <laughs> set up. <laughs> it, was, it was wild. Um, there was just a massive bus in the back which usually never happens uh, for Exit End. But he has since, I mean, taken off like crazy. I mean, his newest release has done really, really, really well. Um, and yeah, he keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and also doing like a ton of features too. I think he's in like that spot in his career where he's doing like a lot of features. So he has definitely broken into the conscience. Um, and then Anita uh, as well. I've heard of Anita, but I haven't listened to them. Um I know that there's a lot of hype surrounding them, though. So it's going to be interesting to see who takes us home. And then uh, uh, Samara Joy. I, I haven't heard of Samara, but um, I don't know. Have you heard of Samara, Colin? I have not. Um, again, yeah. uh, more to come when Joe and I eventually listen to most of the general category. Yeah. Um, well, let's skip. So we'll uh, be- let's skip down to some some weird ones. Some crazy. Hey, you want to some hear something that we didn't really talk about before the show, but I thought I would point out to you, which is really interesting to me. Yeah. Number ten, best dance slash electronic music album has a lot of very typical ones that we would see like Odessa, Rufus the Soul, Diplo, uh, Bonobo, and Beyonce is yep. in that category for Renaissance. And I'm like, that's a very it, like little reaching. Uh, I opinion. don't think it's reaching at all. I mean, have I you have you little. listened to the record? Yeah, but like I don't know, like these four right here I would consider more than that. Well, and those are EDM, but like dance electronic music. Like it's Beyonce's record is very, very heavily influenced by house music. So it's it's it, it's not so own. much I of mean, a stretch in in my opinion. I I just find it interesting because it feels like the odd one out of those four category four. It definitely you know I mean? is, and I actually think because of that, it has a stronger chance of winning. 
I well, I, and then the name alone, I mean, has a stronger chance of winning. But yeah. Diplo and uh, you know, it's Poor a strong Diplo category. Is probably just, looking at this list and just crying. <laughs> I just yeah, that's what I would be like, man. If <laughs> like, I had, I'm like, not going to be Beyonce, be like, ah, <laughs> dude. Yeah, which uh, again, reminder: if she wins a Grammy, she will be the most decorated uh, musician of all time because she's currently tied for yeah. it. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Um, and so, yeah. let's skip down, uh, which Colin, you pointed this out actually music for visual media. And this is one of the newer categories. Um, yeah, brand it's new for, um, best compilation soundtrack for visual media, uh, best score, best soundtrack for video games in other interactive media as well. Um, so a lot of stuff that's like sync, but, um, it also seems to be not just like sync in general of like you being an artist getting a sync on a uh, thing, but it's more of like creating songs for the specific media itself. Um, well, I, the video game one is just very a long time coming. Yeah. And um, especially like one thing that seems to be very, um, the Grammys obviously are very uh, competitive and also very controversial in a lot of different ways, and rightfully so, as we pointed out on our show and different deep dives of stuff talking with the Grammys. But one thing for a lot of people is when you get to those more technical categories, it is still very much a huge deal in their careers to have it, especially when it came to more traditional composition. So it's kind of interesting for me to finally see video games in that that have to my and i will say this straight up i honestly think that a lot of music education and music variety for a lot of young people has come through video games Mm -hmm. um and a lot of education of different types of music that would have not come into people's lexicon such as especially jazz classical uh more uh older kinds of electronic music and a lot of stuff like that. I think it's very important to kind of look at that. So I'm very glad to see that there's a category for video game music because I think it's very underlooked, but also very important in our society because of how much impact it has musically on people. The amount of people that cite video game music as a big deal for them, like when they were thinking of something is tremendous now and being the biggest medium in the world of like actual media, it it almost seems like a long time coming. So that's kind of what I wanted to point out mostly with that. There, what's funny is, uh, you know, I didn't even know there was a Guardians of the Galaxy game. <laughs> you don't want to know there's a Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> yeah, game. The I'm sure the music. Good, but... It seems like the music's better than the game. I'm assuming, but uh, <laughs> sorry, Guardians of the Galaxy also, fans, just, I we're think coming it's hilarious that a Call of Duty game that is, is really weird <laughs> like just on just just to be like modern and warfare 2 has won call, a grammy call of duty and assassin's creed which i don't know th- this might not be true it, I, but that's I, the I, weird part about this right it's like every time you can be like with this stuff which kind of shows how much of a priority it is for scores and stuff right it's like people will be like the game sucks but the music is really good yeah <laughs> like yeah, hundred percent. Which is interesting. Colin, which is what you, I would love to talk to them about evaluating those kind of stuff. Yeah. But go ahead. I don't know if you saw there was this viral TikTok, which I guess every TikTok is viral at this point. But um, there was this person that was like, you know, I don't know how true this is, but they were like, there's a study conducted about uh, the people, uh, like who are the dumbest people 
like based off the video game you play or something and assassin's creed and call of duty were both at the top for dumbest oh my people. god so i Dude, you're just I calling out I'm people now <laughs> yeah right we're just we're we're real dumb because of that we're um, real real dummies over here because of that and nothing else <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my god dude yeah um no it it uh there's you know, we've kind of looked through most of this, but I, I think I think it'll be interesting this year. I mean, me and Joe's tradition is to listen to the top four categories of like, you know, the top song, top record, top uh, album, and best new artists and go through it. And I think this will be interesting because we see a lot of old mainstays, but also a lot of new things. And I, you know, now that you kind of put it into question, Joe, like now that TikTok is really hitting the main fold of... um popularity and also power in the music industry to watch that kind of come into play. Mm -hmm. Um, And also another thing that I still think is funny to this day, the Grammys will be, you know, since they've been called out so much about, you know, all these uh, different people they've overlooked and not having enough diversity inclusion and, you know, including people that, a lot of people don't want to represent their music and all that kind of stuff. They've been very meticulous in picking people, right? But you know, it's one category that I always love to bring up that they never give a shit about and it gets really controversial every year and then they just make it controversial every year. The new age Best category. comedy album. No. <laughs> they will pick the most controversial people on earth to go into that category and not give a shit because literally Dave Chappelle and Louis CK are both on this list, which is so wild because it just shows how different of a field that is. Whatever you feel about that, that's fine. But you have to think about it like from this perspective, from the Grammys, I'm like, it's interesting to watch them have like this entire battle with music Mm -hmm. and then comedy. They're like, fuck it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's weird to me. Well, They're not going to get called out on it as hard. Maybe it's because I'm kind of I like to watch that sphere, but they do get called out, but it's not as close as the backlash as everything else. Yeah, like you're saying. No, I mean it's like a music awards ceremony. You know, it's 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 a music award ceremony with kind of other awards. You know, and that's like one yeah. of the other awards. But it is, man, it's depressing. I will say, it is really depressing because there is a level of like, come on, guys, like. Let's be let's be real here. <laughs> There's got to be something else that we could put in these categories. Yeah, man, it's 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 a little strange, like how different the vibe is from there. You know, like just really different from how everything else is. And then, um, you know, it, it's it's really interesting from that front. And then. I guess to kind of end it off in my world, more of the production world. It is interesting to see some of these ones. I think, and that would be like 76, 77. If you look at the list, um, there is best engineered album, non-classical, which, uh, to be honest, like Harry's house is in there and a couple others are in there. Um, but also what I think is notable is wet leg is in there, which is kind of a big flex for an indie band to be in, best engineered album non-classical with that, you know, that small and everything and blowing up as much as they will. Mm -hmm. Um, Also really funny to me is that uh, you have producer of the year non-classical and you have two of the greats going against each other right at the top here. We have 
Jack Antonoff and Dan Arbach, oh, which I think is boy. super interesting. Yeah, dude, that is contentious. Like, I think, it, like, Jack Antonoff is just a way, like, in, you know, more of a commercial way is just way more um, known and in, in kind of in that more commercial space. We we're talking about, like, it all too well is listed on here. Um, like they again, hilarious that they did that mega minions, the rise of Gru album that had everyone on earth on it for some reason. Uh, he was doing 1975, um, and stuff like that. But Dan Arbach is very critically acclaimed, mm-hmm. um, as a producer. So that'll be a very interesting, um, two to battle each other here. I mean, the other three are very much so in the running as well. I need to listen to more of their material first, but those were the two that caught my, mm-hmm. caught my eye immediately as I was like, wow, oh my God. Um, um, so. Well, if you guys want to check out the Grammy list, we will include it in the description of this episode. So be sure to click in. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. But Colin, what are our what what is your pick for the Grammy of your heart? Which is <laughs> what what have you been listening to? Oh my God, the Grammy! Uh, I've been listening to Chopped and Screwed, Bridge Over Troubled Water. Um, Bridge over it's really good, especially when the trap hi hats hit with Garfunkel's voice. Oh my God! Yeah, it just um, slaps, you know. Yeah, it hits. Um, now speaking of like, well, technically this was kind of before trap had really become a thing. I was getting, re- I was at uh, last week. I was uh, up at a corporate trip and. Um, I was out with some people and we went, did karaoke at one point. And somebody reminded me of the song from my past because they did a karaoke, which is uh, T Pain Bartender, um, which has Akon on it. I'm like, God damn, growing up in Atlanta, um, you could not escape T Pain or Akon for about 15 years. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, literally, they were just, they just owned that shit, dude. Owned it. That, them, TI, like a lot of that. And it's just very um, weird because it used to be so controversial music in a lot of people. And now it just feels so clean. Yeah. But like, kind of in a good way. Like, it's like weird. It's like Trap kind of had like this. When Trap came up and like, really came up in like the late 20 like 2000s and early 2010s it was very 
rhythm and like dense, heavy. Like it, mm-hmm. that's what it was. And it's weird because listening to some of this like 2000s hip hop, it is so open and very much about just like kick and snare, kick and snare, kick and snare, as opposed to like how dense it would get. So it's a little refreshing to hear it now. And we've almost kind of, I think, seen a revival of that um, coming up with a lot of uh, newer kind of rap music that I personally listen to is that kind of just solid kicks in their relationship. I think a really good example of that is Jack Harlow. Um, I think he has a very non-trap-esque function of it that we're maybe moving away from, which is interesting to see. Um, but it kind of just took me back to that. So that's mainly what I've been listening to is a lot of T-Pain. And T-Pain, again, has kind of it's kind of an open secret at this point, is a fabulous singer, you know, even though he got so much... Um, like flack for using all the auto tune and stuff, but he's great at singing. If you listen to a lot of acoustic T Pain stuff, like I was listening to, you'll be like, "God damn, yeah, get this no, guy singing insane. more." He, but he he's is, he, he is a musical genius and a legend. He's yeah, honestly. dude. And like now he, it's interesting because he just does what he wants, and he's like a streamer now. Like that's what he does. He just mm-hmm. like streams Call of Duty and hangs out with people, he's been, which is interesting because seeing um, he's been on some. Uh, some producer credits or something recently. Yeah. I mean, he still does music, but it's just like, it's, it's just, you know, it's not his main, like end all be all like it. It's very refreshing to see. Like, he's just like, well, you know, I want to do stuff because I want to do it. You know what I mean? Not Mm -hmm. just because I need to crack one out because of just like some self vanity or something. I think he's He's just like, if I want to write a song, I'll write a song, but not, you know, He's pretty pretty mad at this point. He's in a good spot. So, right. So, Joe, what have you been listening to? Um, I've been listening to a lot of Briston Moroni this week, especially his newest stuff. Uh, he had a single come out. I guess it's more of like an EP single thing, uh, which is Harvard and Oregon. It's great. Um, he also just did a um, sold out benefit, like two day benefit show in Nashville with. Um, uh, the what is it the uh, Brooklyn Bowl out there um, which was amazing uh, apparently it was dope so it's great to see that he is still kicking in Nashville um, also listening to um, actually his uh, former opener medium build uh, with never learn to dance it's an amazing track um, Colin you should listen to this track I think you'd really you'd really dig it sure um, and then yeah i uh oh also my partner showed me this song uh it's called uh coolest fucking bitch in town uh and it the uh, artist name is Haley blaze or blice um b-l-a-i-s and uh they're great great song honestly so yeah music yeah we love music music talk about Hot music, you remember that song? Music no. every day. Pop music, sorry. Um, <laughs> that was on the uh, boogie video game that was on the Wii, and you would the do karaoke to game? it. Like boogie nights. Yeah, boogie. No, I think There's it's just a... called boogie. It's just boogie? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's just called boogie. Here we go. I don't know why we were talking about music video games at work, and this is one I brought up. Yeah, you would do karaoke um, to it. 
Um, the other one we were talking. Oh, it does not have good reviews. I remember this being really <laughs> fun as a child. It has a two point six out of ten on IMDb. Nice. Um, the man on the cover is way scarier than I remembered. Also, I you know what? Don't check out Boogie. How about that? Because um, <laughs> I think my brain is you just can't going take it back off now, of, Colin. You can't. It's oh in the my ether. god! Well, anyway, it was fun because you could sing, and you know, if you were me and ten years old in our basement, it was the best thing ever because you had a little microphone or whatever. It was the world. All right. I mean, back off of me. Let's let's be honest. The best thing ever is Donkey Konga. Okay. We, I, dude, this is fucking so weird. You brought this up. This is not. <laughs> this is the second time today I have talked <laughs> about Donkey Konga. <laughs> And Jungle Beat you know, thereafter. Something, really something just like it spoke to me of being like, bring up Donkey Konga right now. Dude, if people have never experienced that, um, don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's my advice to you. Um, if you ever were like, hey, what if the GameCube had bongos? Yeah, don't do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, you know, when, it, when I was a child, I often did wonder... What if gaming systems had bongos? And I really think we need to bring that type of thinking back into society. The PS5, now with congas. Guys, thanks for listening to the Biz Tape, your all things music, business, and media podcast. We sure do appreciate you out there. And if you want to do us one more favor, please download the show. That's the easiest way to directly support the show. If you like it, uh, leave us a review. Good, bad, whatever. You know, we take all sides. Anyway, also, we have our social media. If you want more content, again, a shout out in the episode. I do my polls on Monday, and you can keep up with the show there. Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, wherever you get your information. And again, guys, thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you next time. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. 
Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast.